Getting hitched? There's a podcast for that, and you're listening to it. The Save the Date Wedding Podcast, the number one podcast about all things wedding-y. Episode 108, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm actually recording this at a different time than I normally record, and uh, you might hear some aeroplanes. <sighs> Can you hear them now? Probably not. As soon as I mention it, they're going to go away. But uh, I usually try and record in the evenings when it's a bit quieter. I live in London. If you're new to this show, I'm an Australian who lives in London under the Heathrow Airport flight path, which can often shit me to tears when you are trying to uh, record a podcast or sleep if that's something you like to do. Heathrow is the busiest, I think, the busiest airport in the whole world, and uh, most of central London has planes going over it at most times, but you can sort of get around the noise a little bit. Anyway, there's a window into my world. I need a soundproof studio so you don't hear the uh, flight QF477 coming from Beijing right in the middle of my show. Oh dear. Today, Q&A Thursday, lots to get to. Very happy to be sharing another voice message with you, you clever clogs. I do love that my lovely listeners are embracing this. It's such an easy thing to do. You know what? I enjoy reading your emails. I enjoy writing back to you, but the art of actually sitting and typing an email, I just have to really pull my finger out and get it done. So to hear a voicemail message from you, I'm like, great, I can just drag and drop that straight into my special audio file and I can answer it without having to use my hands. Sort of. That sounds a little weird, but thank you. And it's also nice to hear your personality and hear who you are. It's like connecting with you on another level, and I really appreciate that. And I think it's nice for other listeners to hear other listeners getting really meta. I'm quite excited because this weekend I'm traveling to Prague and I am visiting. This is sort of weird. My mother-in-law is on a cruise. She's from Australia, but she's here for the weekend. So we said, we'll go to Prague. We'll hop on a plane and see you because we don't get to see you very often. But uh, I'm packing my microphone because my mother-in-law, Veronica, is a sassy broad. She's also very outspoken, doesn't take any shit. She wouldn't say that, though. She's like, wouldn't have taken any garbage. You'll hear her. And I thought, what? Wouldn't it be great to get her thoughts on the wedding industry, my wedding, our wedding? Because she had some things, I think if, if you've listened to the podcast before, she had some stern words to say. She had some opinions, which some of which we ignored, some of which we embraced, some of which we just muted. And uh, it'd be nice to sort of hear her opinions and share them with you. I feel like it's going to be quite funny. So I'm packing the microphone and uh, going to cost her in a hotel probably somewhere. I'm looking forward to sharing that with you. All right, so today I've got quite a few questions as usual to get through, so I'm just going to just crack on. Let's just get to it. I have been noticing I've been receiving some lovely emails from uh, wedding industry pros and vendors and professionals, and that's really nice to hear they are listening because I never, ever say I'm a wedding industry professional because I'm not. I'm just a gal with a microphone and a lot of opinions. I really love learning about new I hate using the word trends. You know I'm an anti-trender. New things, <laughs> new stuff. What's happening? What's the pros and cons? For example, there used to, you know, the, in the past couple of months, everyone's talking about unplugged weddings, and it was been nice, sort of, going to wedding expos and exhibitions and talking to vendors and celebrants and uh, photographers about 
what they're noticing in the industry. Because I feel like with the podcast, I have a really immediate way of connecting with you and saying, this is what I've heard. Whereas sometimes, you know, magazines, I love the magazines, don't get me wrong, but they're, they're on a sort of two or three month turnaround realistically. So it's nice to be able to report things back to you and uh, get some information to you in a pretty short period of time. So Danny Peterson, she sent me a Facebook message. If we aren't Facebook friends, find me. Save the date winning podcast. Pretty easy. Danny says, hey there. Oh, good on you, Danny. My fiance and I used to work at the Renaissance Fair. So we bought a handmade leather bound book for our guest book. Nice. Uh, it's beautiful hand tooled red leather with a large oval lapis lazuli. I don't know how to say that on the cover. I don't know what that is. I'm going to Google that. My mum. <laughs> Should I Google it now and come back? Hang on a second. Let me just Google it. Let me come back. Okay, I'm I'm back. I've just been googling. It is called a lapis lazuli. Lapis lazuli. I should be able to read that better. A bright blue, metamorphic rock consisting largely of lazurite. <laughs> I'm an audio professional. I can't say the word lazurite used for decoration in jewelry. Okay, so it's a leather-bound book, and on it she has this beautiful stone. Sounds lovely. My mum and sister are trying to suggest different ideas for how my guests can sign it. Sign it. Hmm, okay. My sister suggests a Polaroid camera so they can put photos in it, but they are really expensive. My mum suggests post-it notes, which is cute and it could provide lines. Help! Do you have any ideas? Okay, Danny, for starters, that's great. I think the idea that you've invested in this lovely book is really sweet and also one of those moments where you know that that's a book that you will pick up in 25 years and read their comments, have a look at the photos if you go that way. So thinking about guest books, I think that's one of those sometimes afterthoughts or something that people go, oh, we'll just slap it on a wall at the wedding. But they don't really think about how to get all this stuff together later on and actually keep it. So it's lovely that you have the forethought to actually get something that's of meaning, the leather book, and also its quality. You know it's going to last. It's not going to fall apart in a drawer after a year. And also it's something that's nice to look at. So you could actually put it on a coffee table or somewhere in your home and say, well, we can flick through this. So in your response, I actually think the Polaroid idea is really good. And I don't know if you've thought about this. Um, you can hire them which is something that you would need to Google in your local area. But I know there are quite a few different organizations that I've seen at wedding exhibitions that do hire photo props and uh, Polaroid cameras seem to be something that people are hiring. The other thing you could do is check eBay for secondhand goods. I know that's a bit ofs, but there are lots of people that buy all this shit. And I've been saying, I think in um, the last episode or the episode before I was talking about borrowing things, it might be worth hitting some Reddit. I love the Reddit wedding board. I'm only new to it. I think I've said this before. Reddit is one of those things that I used to find a little bit overwhelming because it is sort of it's it feels a little insular if you're not part of the team you don't know how to jump in and get into chats i used to think it was sort of a community that you couldn't just jump into but they're really welcoming people and to be honest there is so much information there and uh good topics being covered it's worth it and it's also worth just there's lots of questions there's a second hand wedding board where people are offering goods at very discounted prices or for free it's it's worth a visit so i think you should really uh, look at that. If it's only one Polaroid camera, 
getting it secondhand and then getting a roll of film and making sure if you have that happening on the day that people don't go nutso taking the photos. And perhaps it's a job that you could give a friend who's not involved directly in the wedding, but to say, could you stand and monitor the Polaroid camera make sure people aren't taking bum photos or whatever, whatever with it because the film can be a little pricey. It really can. I like your mum's idea about the post-it notes. I feel like for all the effort you've gone to with the leather book, the post-it notes might just be a bit, I don't know, not as nice as it could be, although you can get some fashionable post-it notes. Don't get me wrong. You could also order, and this is, again, dirt cheap, off a an online printing company, there's lots of ideas on Pinterest about little little gift cards almost, that sort of size where people can put a – you can put a question on it saying, you know, what are my hopes and dreams for the future or what is your favorite memory of us as a couple that you could get printed out, they fill it out, and then you just, you know, glue it into the book. That's another option and it's maybe a nice way to make sure that they stick to the, the area of writing – and then it will look pretty in your book at a later date. Just some ideas off the top of my head, Danny, but I think it's great. You've put a lot of thought into it, and I think it will be something that you can keep for a long time. A lovely keepsake. Thank you very much for contacting me, Danny, and I wish you well in your wedding planning journeys. As I said, we are opening the door to a different sort of question, and that is a voice message question. You might have heard one a few weeks ago from lovely listener Victoria, where she sort of just was more making a statement about how she enjoyed the wedding photography episodes with Laura Babb, episode 99 and 101, and how she found her wedding photographer and really has lucked in with a good photographer at the price she wanted. So it was great to hear that feedback and know that uh, I'm my information that I'm giving you slash her was of value and, and she actually utilized some of the advice. That's actually really lovely feedback for me. I know I'm on the right path. And later in the show, I'm going to share with you some more responses from the 100th episode survey because it has been truly helpful in knowing what well, what your pain points are, and I don't mean that literally, but sometimes maybe literally emotional pain points, but when you're planning a wedding, what are the challenges and stumbling blocks and roadblocks or whatever you want to say in uh, counseling talk, what are the things that are really annoying you or challenges you're coming up against? And I hopefully, well, I will definitely utilize all of your responses to try and really mold this podcast into something that can help you straight away. Because that's the sort of generation we are. Generation now, fix our problems, let's get it going. So I would like to share with you another wonderful voice message I received from gorgeous, newly engaged listener, Britta. Hi, Alicia. My name is Britta. I am from Rockford, Illinois in the United States. Um, I'm fairly new to your podcast, having only been engaged for a little over a month now, so I apologize if this is something that you have already covered. My parents are newly divorced within the past two years, and my biggest concern for our wedding is not flowers, vows, decor, or music, unfortunately. It is them. I am worried that they will not be able to focus on the day as it is, my future husband's my day. I can just imagine one of them getting so irritated with the other that they leave. 
The problem permeates to the extended family on both sides, resulting in a permanent headache on my end. Do you have any advice whatsoever on how to make this easier for them and for us? I know listening to Britta's question that I am pretty sure that there are lots of listeners out there who are experiencing the same, if not very similar circumstance. It is very much a fact of life that people get divorced, they break up, stuff goes down, and it doesn't always go smoothly. There are really good families that have integrated well, who have got step family situations happening, and it works. And then other times, it doesn't. And especially listening to Britta's comment, you know, it seems like her parents' divorce, obviously only two years, that's pretty fresh and new. And I'm guessing, Britta, you're in your 20s, so your parents have probably been together for a long time. That's a big adjustment for families to have to work around. And also with you sort of saying that both sides of the family are getting involved, they've all got opinions, they've got mechanisms of coping with this change. And it's a big change. And it's hard when you are now asking them to put aside their problems, issues, anger, whatever's attached to the breakup and come along and celebrate. But saying that, they are adult humans who need to function in society, function in a family environment because you're their daughter and you should be the priority in this situation. I think it's really hard as adults in divorce situations and probably harder on people in their 20s and 30s dealing with separation and divorce and step families than it is when parents get divorced when you're little kids. My parents got divorced when I was three. And to be honest, I only really remember them as separate entities. I don't have years of adult memories of them whether in good times or bad times. And unfortunately, a lot of people who are in the situation where their parents have separated and divorced when they're older, you've got a lot of memories of the bad times, perhaps, if they allowed you to see that, which unfortunately, a lot of parents do because they think, oh, they're older and they're not thinking of you like little kids saying, well, we must shield them from our bad vibes. I'm generalizing here, but I know a lot of my friends who have gone through this situation as adults have gone, shit, it's actually, it sucks because I'm not being thought of like a young person. I'm not being shielded from this. I'm getting both sides. I'm getting, I'm doing, I'm using hand gestures, which clearly aren't good for podcasting, but I'm doing the wah-wah, the, the duck. What am I doing? I'm clapping my hands. I mean, you're hearing the speak from both sides. They're including you in on all this shit. And clearly, Britta, from your attitude in and your message in the voicemail, they are including you in it because you're worried and it's bothering you. And I feel terrible for you because when you get engaged and you're only newly engaged, congratulations, it's not something that you, your, your mind, like you said, you should be going to, what sort of magical day am I going to have? Not how the hell am I going to keep this together, keep these people on the right track, so they don't rain on my parade. And it is your parade. It's your magical special parade. It's your happy day. It shouldn't be the day where you have to act as a referee or worry that one team is going to, you know, beat on the other team. There's going to be some sort of public situation that's going to be embarrassing or 
sad for you. That should not even enter your mind. And yet I know a lot of us have those worries and anxieties because of previous behavior of family and parents especially, and not even going into the situation that your parents divorced for. This shouldn't even make a difference of, you know, who who side anyone's on or what where they stand. It should be a day where they put aside, they put down the, the, the axes and they put down the attitudes and they turn up and they behave well. Now, that's very easy for me to say. And I'm not a counselor. I'm not a professionally trained advice giver, clearly. But I have had a bit of life experience. I have, I come from a divorced family. I have step families. And I think it can be really hard, especially if you have friends who don't come from that sort of side. And especially if perhaps like me, their parents separated when they were younger and they're like, I don't know what you're worried about. Well, you know, things are different in your situation, Britta. And I'm sure lots of people listening have exactly the same sort of scenario going on. So some solutions that I would offer you off the bat. One is, I don't know if you can sit in a room and discuss this with both sets of parents at the same time. It sounds like they don't really want very much to do with each other. And that's cool. You don't have to make them get along. This isn't about you sort of fixing anything on the spot. This is about you approaching them and getting some assurances that they can behave in a mature, respectful and well, friendly manner, even if it's fake, to each other on your wedding day. I think you'd be surprised, and and I don't know your parents, and I don't know you, Britta, so I don't know the situation, but this is my general advice to you. I think you'd be surprised at a lot of the time, especially with parents, how much they don't realize you take on as kids, especially in divorce situations, especially when you're compartmentalizing all of this this energy and emotion from a breakup and perhaps it's worth sitting and going listen you know what when I first got engaged I didn't think just say what you said to me in the voice message I didn't think about dresses and music and parties I thought about you two going at each other at my wedding day how does that make you feel that might be a wake-up call in itself just to go you maniacs what are you doing I'm worried about you could you could you settle down for one day now this is this is the thing and my parents did it, I'm going to be honest with you, they're pretty quick to blame each other, right? Again, not very adult, not very mature. And I unfortunately came from the situation where I had both parents and not even on purpose that they would subtly say, well, your father says, or your mother used to say, and you're like, listen, I'm just a small person in between you two. Shut up. I don't need to hear this. Shut your traps. So if this is a situation where you sit down and you say, dad, I would just love you in the day. You don't have to talk to mum. Just You don't even have to have a photograph with her, but just be nice. And if he says, well, your mother says, blah, 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 you go, listen, shh, I don't care. On that one day, I'm going to need you to relax. I'm going to need you to remember it's about me marrying the person that I love. One day. That's all I'm asking. And also your extended family. Maybe it's something that you can share with them, have a dinner or something have some sort of moment. It doesn't have to be a big announcement or just quietly say, listen, it would really make me feel better about wedding planning to know that you get that the day isn't about all of you guys. It's about us. It's about us coming together and sharing a happy moment 
and being able to put aside the shit for a day and just having a nice time. I really feel you'd be surprised if you can be honest and open and actually say, I'm really worried about this, that they might respond in a way that goes, oh, actually, the last two years have been all about us. And this is one day that we can actually look at our beautiful daughter and realize how proud we are of her and how much we wish for her to be happy in the future and not think about this. So, Britta, I I wish you so much happiness. And I think you're extremely mature for sharing those thoughts. And thank you for being so open and honest, because I know that by you voicing this, that there are people at home going, actually, I'm in the same situation. Or maybe I have a family uh, problem with a aunt or uncle or a brother or sister and I'm also worried about that so it's it's good to face it it's not going to be easy but I'd love to hear your feedback I'd love to hear how you go and your more just more ideas about how you are going to go through with this and I really hope that this is a small glitch and you can actually start enjoying it because getting engaged and planning a wedding is really fun you're a super bride chiller Britta and I wish you the best and I thank you for coming and listening to the show and you're only at the beginning. There's so many more shows to listen to. If you would like to leave me a voice message, visit savethedatepodcast.com and then click on the connect button. It's at the top. It's in a menu. You can't miss it. And then when you get there, that's where you actually can send me an email or there's a small box that says, would you like to record a voice message? And you say, yes, please. So contact, look, I'm clicking on it right now to prove I can do it. Contact, scroll down and you will see a voicemail box. It says, send a voice message to save the date wedding podcast. And you can go, yes. All right. Now there's this. Love to share another quick result from the survey. Ali wrote to me uh, in the survey. Well, she didn't write to me personally. She did the survey and she said, I like this. She said when her biggest challenge is trying to decide whether to have the wedding at my partner's uncle and auntie's private property and organize it all for ourselves or have it at an all-inclusive venue. Well, Ali, I love that you have the choice. That's pretty magic. A lot of people don't get to have somewhere that's special that they actually like that they could utilize. I shall read on. It'd mean a lot to my partner's auntie and uncle and their place is beautiful or to do it not in the easy way. I think she's saying that it wouldn't be the easiest way to have it at the the auntie and uncle's property and to go for the all-inclusive venue, but also to try and keep it at a low cost, of course. Ali brings up a great point in the fact that sometimes the all-inclusive way is the cheapest. I know it can be a bit boring, but all-inclusive is the one option that you have where, well, it is as it is, all-inclusive. You know what you're in for. There probably won't be any magic surprises, and if there are, you should check your contract and make sure. But otherwise, you know if you are going to a venue that says, it is $10,000 and in that $10,000, that's a lot of money by the way, you will get alcohol, a caterer, including all the food, all of your crockery, cutlery, tables, settings. You'll get a wedding planner or coordinator for the day. They will organize it all for you. You'll get all the, is it alcohol? Alcohol and the venue. And you know, sometimes it can be just easier. Like Ali saying to go fine, we will just 
put that 10 grand in the hand of them and not have to worry about all of those details. Whereas, of course, having a venue such as this property that Ali is talking about, this private property, which sounds wonderful, could be amazing. Uh, but take it from me, who has organized one of these weddings, a private property wedding is fabulous. You have a lot of power in your own hands to do whatever you want, but also you need to think every last goddamn detail. Also, one way to do it, Ali, is to bring in a wedding planner, someone that knows what they're doing, knows the lists, knows how to get all of those small details into one big event. Because that's what I think was the hardest part for us, to actually sit down and go through all of these little details to make one big smashing party. And it sounds easy when you go, okay, you've got the food, you've got the booze, you have the uh, fridge. We had to hire a big portable fridge freezer to put outside our venue because it it didn't have, it had a small household refrigerator, which clearly wasn't going to fit all the booze and all the food that we were going to prepare for the weekend. So we had to hire that, which was 500 bucks. And then we had to figure out how the hell to get it out to the property because we had a small, you know, 1984 Honda Civic, which didn't have a tow bar on it. And we didn't want to be schlepping around pulling a fridge freezer, like a huge, like it's a trailer freezer. I'm talking about something you could put a couple of bodies in and so then we're like all right so then they have to drop it there someone has to organize for that little things like that are really finicky and annoying so Ali when you are thinking about the convenience of an all-inclusive wedding venue versus the amazing opportunity you have for your partner's auntie and uncle's venue and this goes to anyone that's just starting their wedding planning and thinking oh can we do it all ourselves I'm certainly not discouraging it because we had a fabulous time and we were so stoked with the outcome. And I've seen so many wonderful examples of of property, private property sort of weddings where the bride and groom have gone out of their way to plan a lot of it themselves. But if you can afford to have someone come on board and help you out, I would, oh, I would highly recommend it. I would absolutely go back and save an extra I don't know, one, two, three thousand dollars and hire a wedding planner for our wedding day if I were to do it all again. And it's funny, when I was at Brides the Show a couple of weeks ago, I was lucky enough to see Karen Cinnamon from Smashing the Glass and Charlie Beard from London Bride, two of my very early guests on the show. And I was very interested to hear Karen say she had a wonderful, big, gorgeous Jewish wedding, but she did it all herself. She didn't, she said on the day, especially in the Jewish community, there wasn't anyone that she had even considered planning her wedding because, well, she hadn't been offered it and it wasn't really the done thing. And she said now she would go back and hire someone. So she didn't have the day of wedding jitters, the planning, people coming up and asking questions when you're just trying to chill out and have a great day. So Ali, if you're going to go that way, do some investigations, find someone in the local area. Maybe your auntie, partner's auntie and uncle know someone that is an event planner or has connections to perhaps a local restaurant or a caterer that could then use the connections to get on board and hopefully help you make that decision of whether to go for the all-inclusive or crack on and do it yourself. Either way, I would love to hear which decision you make. And uh, please, for all people that have done the survey and everyone that has gotten in touch with wedding Q&As, 
I love hearing from you post-wedding too. Send me some snaps. Tell me how it all went. I really appreciate it. It's like seeing my children, my my podcast children come through with the goods. And also, if you have follow-up questions, don't be shy. Write back if you uh, want more information, if you want me to go deeper into a topic. I always appreciate hearing from you. And I've had some great theme suggestions too from listeners who've said, Hey, Alicia, you haven't talked about this. Do it, please. And I've done it. So I always appreciate the feedback. If you have not downloaded The Guide to Getting Hitched, it's an absolutely free book. It's a wedding planning book that I wrote, and it's my gift from me to you, basically, saying give it a read. Read it before I write my next book, because that one won't be free. (laughs) I'm going to be honest with you now. That one won't be free. The the Guide to Getting Hitched is 155 pages of wedding planning goodness, and uh, it's fun. It's a barrel of laughs, and also I think it's quite helpful. And it's got lots of clickable links. So if you have a Kindle or an iPad or something, read it on that. And then you can uh, go through and look at all the web pages. I recommend. If you need to get in touch, if you want to get in touch, visit savethedatepodcast.com. Send me an email or even better, send me a voicemail. You can do that on the website. And uh, I just really appreciate your time. So thank you so much. Spread the save the date word. Make sure you are a bride chiller, not a bridezilla. And until next episode where we are talking wedding politics, I am joined by Nova from New Bride. And we're talking all about some of the, well, it's very similar to what Britta was saying. The politics that surround weddings. Sometimes... Stuff goes down, people get attitudes, it gets a bit weird. We're just going to give you solutions to perhaps, well, calming that shit down, really. Practical stuff that you can use outside of wedding planning as well. Nova is a wedding blogger and she's also a life coach, so she's got some really good, solid suggestions to getting all that sorted. All right, until that day, which is Monday, episode 109, thank you so much for listening. Happy days. Save the date wedding podcast. Don't plan your wedding without it.